since big donors like big ideas, why do some ideas take off, but others don't? Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich. This is the first day from the Fundraising School, and I'm joined today by Dr. John List, who is the Visiting Hartsook Chair at the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy, amongst his many other leadership responsibilities and an endowed professorship at the University of Chicago. He also leads the Science of Philanthropy Institute, which is a great initiative where John is doing field research on effective fundraising practices and translating that for fundraising practitioners. John is the author of the new book, The Voltage Effect, How to Make Good Ideas Great and Great Ideas Scale. And John, so glad to have you with us on our podcast with the Fundraising School. It's great to be here, Bill. It's, uh, it's like I'm coming back home. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely a delight for us as well. So John, why do some good ideas make it and others don't? Yeah, that, that's, a, no, no, that's a very good question. And that's what I take on. So let's think about it in the fundraising context. So I started working in the area of philanthropy back in the late 90s. And my role was to try to add science to philanthropy, which was by and large um, an industry that was built on art. And, and it was beautiful art, but I thought that the art uh, could be usefully augmented by science. So I started to work away and, and work with fundraisers and think hard about what are the best ways to run a capital campaign. And I did these with a scientific lens. And when I went and talked to practitioners, what the typical response would be is, well, professor, that looks great in the Petri dish, but we don't think it's going to work for our, our donors, our people who are giving to different causes and for different purposes. We, we like what you're doing. It's kind of neat, but we don't think it will scale to our cause or our people. So that's what I call the demand side of scaling. It's I have an idea, whether it's in a Petri dish or with the ACLU or the United Way, whatever, I learned something, but then those are great pearls. But a lot of times people think about this as pearls before swine, and mm. they think that scaling to other organizations is akin to swine. I disagree with that. I, I think that that's one of the most important pieces of our research is to figure out, I found a great result. Now, where can I generalize that result to? Well, which organizations, which donors, which funders? And I think that's the beauty. It's like the, the pearls come in the initial innovation and then along come the diamonds about, you know, where can I spread this wonderful wisdom? And, and that's really what the voltage effect is about. And as John describes his passion and his expertise in bringing science into the art of fundraising, just give our audience one example. The next time you receive an annual fund fundraising letter and on the envelope, it says, if you donate, we will never contact you again. <laughs> That's John List. John List's research, right? John informs that practice, which is now more widespread. That's an idea that's gone to scale. No, Bill, you're exactly right. That warms my heart that, uh, that you mentioned that. That's exactly right. We started doing work with Smile Train. And Smile Train is a great organization that sends doctors overseas to fix uh, young children's cleft palates. And they had been working a lot on what are the best ways to fundraise. And they send about a million letters every month 
to both warm list and cold list people. So we started talking to them and we said, look, we want to take your best letter and we want to augment it with a simple statement that if you give today, we will never bother you again if you check this box. And lo and behold, what happened was we not only raised more money during that initial drive, but so few people checked the box that roughly a third checked the box. So that means we can go back to the other two thirds of people and ask again. And now that served as a great screen because that taught us about who wanted to give, but also who wanted to give in the future. So we even saved on the supply side or the, the cost because you don't want to keep sending an ask to somebody who has no intention at all of giving. Let alone giving again. And as I remember for that research in the subsequent years, uh, there was an even greater return than the folks who did not receive that letter about we will never contact you again, as John does these kinds of A-B experiments and brings those learnings uh, into the field of fundraising. And John, when we think then about fundraisers, that example, that research is an annual fund fundraising. And so many fundraisers are in this tyranny of the urgent that they have to satisfy the annual fund. And yet they want to think of larger ideas, ideas that will grow, that can be scalable, that will be inspiring to their major gift prospects and their major gift donors. So as you look at, you talk about there are five attributes of scalable ideas, and we want people to pick up the book to, to read about those in detail. But what advice do you have for fundraisers as they're thinking about how do I develop an idea? How do I take it to scale in a way that helps my fundraiser? That's, that's a great point, Bill, and a, and a great question. So what we usually talk about is what are the best ways to reach out to people to get them engaged? Now, that's what you might want to call the demand side of fundraising. What, what are the best ways to get some dollars in the door? Now, scaling is equally about what economists call the supply side of fundraising. And what that means is let's take a hard glimpse into the programs or services that we're providing. That's an idea, right? We have an idea about what we want to provide and we pivot to new provision or new ideas. But the key point is the voltage effect in the book, How to Make Good Ideas Great and Great Ideas Scale is about pinpointing what are the best ideas that can actually scale? And what that means is grow larger and have really great properties. Now, in this case, there's a double dividend in the fundraising world because on the one hand, you want to give programs that when you scale them up, they have high voltage at scale. So what I mean by that is the benefits per dollar spent end up going up astronomically as you scale. Now that's the one good point. The double dividend is I can then take that back to my donors. And we have some experiments now that show if I can show a donor that I have an idea that scales and what I need is funding and I need funding to get to that high voltage idea, that allows me to not only bring in money because it's gonna help me scale, but then I can go back to other donors and say, look, the ROI 
on your dollar is now astronomical. Why? Because we have scale. And we have the beauty of having a large idea that we've scaled. And now we have a very large ROI that you can buy into. And we've been finding that especially large donors are particularly compelled by the ROI or the return on investment of their dollars. The title of the book is The Voltage Effect, How to Make Good Ideas Great and Great Ideas Scale. The author, Dr. John List. And John, there are these five attributes. And again, we want folks to, to take a deep dive into the book. If I could just ask this, like what's a first sign that maybe I'm onto something? Uh, you know, and again, in that fundraising context, that this is an idea that maybe does have some traction that can grow, that can become larger and eventually go to scale. Is there maybe kind of a, a first indicator that I'm, I'm trying to keep my eyes open for? Yeah, absolutely. The first spark is initial enthusiasm from a, let's say, generous group. And what I mean by generous group is there are a fair number of people that show you some excitement about your idea, whether it's a fundraising idea, whether it's an idea of an actual program that they might want to fundraise. It's the initial spark. And that spark starts to give you a sense of, A, is there voltage in this idea? And then B, what is the slice of the pie that this idea will have voltage for? A lot of times when we get an initial spark, we overestimate how important that idea might be or how big of a piece of the pie we can get. So right away, I'm looking for a spark. And then I'm looking for, well, okay, there is an initial spark, but these people might just be irrationally exuberant. And what I want to see is, can I horizontally scale that excitement to other people, into broader groups of people? And that's when I start to pick up some momentum. And when I have momentum there, I start to see, well, wait a moment. Now I do have an idea that will have real impact because we don't really make great impact until we scale something. And then that initial spark, you start to get these signs exactly as you point out. The book talks about the five vital signs of a really good idea. And that initial spark will be what gets you motivated and gets you down that path of looking for the other four major types of vital signs in your idea. And John, as folks work through those five steps, starting with that initial spark that leads to hopefully continuing momentum and, and moving forward from there, how much time is adequate? Because sometimes maybe perhaps we quit on an idea too soon. Is there kind of a general time frame we should be thinking about to allow this process to play out? Or is, is each idea different? No, it's a great question. So each idea is different, a little bit like a snowflake or like all of our children. They're, they're all different. <laughs> but um, this can happen very quickly. And what I mean by that, if I have a fundraising idea, and let's say I have a pretty big donor base, it's not very hard for me to do some very simple beta testing around those ideas that I can quickly see, should I be pivoting? Should I be quitting? Or should I be doubling down on this investment? I think within six months, whether it's a program or whether it's a particular way that you are asking for help or for support or for donations. I think very early, if you do it right, do the steps correctly, you can run very quickly. It, this isn't the point where I'm asking you to sit on the sidelines for five years 
and wait until the cows come home. That's not what I'm talking about here. I, I want you to be a fast runner, but run in the right direction. Because I've worked with a lot of fast runners and a lot of times they run in the wrong direction because they're using art rather than science. The science-driven, evidence-based wisdom and teaching of Dr. John List, the latest manifestation in the voltage effect, now available wherever you purchase books. John, again, is the visiting Hartsook Chair at the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy, uh, where he serves alongside his endowed professor seat at the University of Chicago, where he also runs the Science of Philanthropy Institute, which uh, has a conference every single year around September or so. Watch for that conference, uh, sometimes in Chicago, sometimes in Indianapolis, sometimes in person, sometimes online. As again, John brings his brilliance and his wonderful sense of humor uh, into the research field. I love the unique aspects of John's research. And again, that we can translate into effective fundraising practice. And uh, we're always glad when we can cite John's research and our courses at the fundraising school. Our public courses are growing in terms of in-person around the United States. Our custom training is available in the U.S. and around the world. We have quarterly webinars, these free podcasts, and it's all on our website at philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the fundraising school. Very grateful to our guest, Dr. John List. Our producers today are Jennifer Boffman and Mike Anthony. I'm Bill Stanjakevich, and now you are now more fully informed on this first day from the fundraising school. Mm -hmm.